Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 62 of A Play on Nerds. We are so happy to be back after a little bit of a hiatus there by accident. A summer, but, uh, summer, a summer break. Think of it that yeah, way. Yeah, summer break, if you will. Yeah, so this is Jarman and my co-host I'm, here. I'm Steve. I'm the other guy. Woohoo! And uh, you, you've been gone for a while out of town, haven't you, Steve? Yeah, uh, I was. We, My wife and I took a nice long vacation, our last vacation before the baby shows up. Oh, goodness. So we tried to make it a good one, um, and we took a drive up to Seattle. I make it sound like a nice little trip, but it was 15 hours. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> like longer than I thought it was going to be. So what do you do in a car for that long to stay entertained? Um, well, I drive. Yeah. So that's entertaining. Um, Anna wasn't really comfortable in the car and kind of got a little bit car sick a few times and just was not not the happiest pregnant lady. Understandable. Uh, so I drove the entire thing both ways. <laughs> um, but just music or music, podcasts, audiobooks? Uh, and then honestly, what saved me on the way back, because on the way back, I was getting really, really sleepy. Mm-hmm. Like, like dangerous fall asleep at the wheel kind of sleepy. Uh, and so we got an audiobook of, let's see, uh, The Order of the Phoenix. Oh, very nice. And we listened to that, and that kept me really engaged and really saved my ass for the last part of the trip. And was it a British man doing the narration? It was a very nice sounding British man who did some really goofy choices for the voice acting. Apparently, there's a story behind that actor that J.K. Rowling and him had like a disagreement ah. because he he told her that he didn't like uh, the way she phrased some some sentence. I can't remember what it was. And she's like, oh, OK, I'm so sorry about that. So then she purposely wrote that phrase into the rest of her books in the series <laughs> <laughs> just so he had to say it in the audiobook. Good. The hell with that guy. <laughs> That's really funny, though, that you happen to listen to that. So the actual the narrator is Stephen Fry, who's awesome. Um, no, that's not the version I have. Really? I wish it was. That would be so much better. Huh. You don't remember the name of your guy? Let's see. I can look it up. Well, apparently the phrase G- that she... Jim Dale. Oh, I guess she finally got a new one yeah. before that book came out. But the phrase was, Harry pocketed it. So he pocketed something. He put something in his pocket. And he hated that term so much he couldn't say it very well. So now she she kept putting it into books over and over again after that. Good. <laughs> on I'm glad. Stick it to him. The phrase pocketed it. But there are a couple a couple characters where I'd hear them and then turn to Anna and go, did he just turn that character into like a Rastafarian? What just happened? There's some <laughs> weird, weird. There's some weird choices going on. Uh, but overall, beautiful trip up through the, the mountains in Northern California. Uh, we did a night in Portland, Oregon. Nice. Uh, saw a college friend there and it's like the most hipster city imaginable. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like someone took Seattle and mixed it with hipster Brooklyn and Portland was born. So is it like the TV show, basically? Yes, it is absolutely like the TV show. I had no grasp <laughs> on that until I was there and then was blown away by how accurate that was. 
<laughs> God, Hipsterville, USA. Oh my gosh, their their bike lanes there are as wide as the car lanes. Oh, so many dirty hipsters to the point where at one point. I was driving what I thought was the second lane, and then I realized I was the asshole driving in the bike lane. It's that big. It is as big as a regular lane of traffic. Jeez. But then we finally made it to Seattle and um, ate really good Thai food, just amazing Thai food. Uh, and we got to go to uh, the zoo with our niece. Nice. Which was a lot of fun to, to you know go watch a child not really know what you're excited about. <laughs> That's the thing. You take the kid to look at animals and then you take them and you put them up to the glass and they look everywhere except for at the animals. How old is this kid? Uh, let's see. She's coming up on two. Yeah, not quite old enough. Not yet. quite old enough yet, but still you'd expect her to go, ooh, ah, or like have something catch her eye. Nah, she didn't care. She doesn't even know what the plants are yet. She's like, she's like Where, where's my ice cream cone, you bastards? <laughs> and got to go, Anna and I really just spent most of our time revisiting places that we used to love going when we lived there and when we met and fell in love and all that good shit. I'm sure you met up with some friends and Anna got totally smashed, right? Yep, that's accurate. <laughs> accurate. Uh, no, that was that was actually the really, this is very greedy, but a really nice thing about going with a pregnant wife is that I always had a designated driver. <laughs> always. Um, which was good. Because two highlights for my trip, uh, one of them is I got to go to Two Beers Brewing Company, which is um, Dan Armerding, who was our beer oh, yes. expert. That's his brewing company. Um, and got a full VIP tour of the full brewing facility and got to see a lot of the things he talked about. Um, and it's big. It's a bit. I was surprised by how large their setup was. And you got to meet up with them again? Yeah. Very cool. Um, and he gave the tour and... Uh, Dan is the manager of their tasting room, and I don't know about listeners out there, but whenever a friend says they're a manager of something, there's always that doubt in your mind of like, how much of a manager are they really? Yeah. Like, how in charge are they? Dan is very, very in charge. Like, extremely in charge. Um, to the point where when we were trying to sit and have drinks with him, we couldn't sit for more than a minute and a half before a staff member came up and needed him to deal with something. That sounds important. He was. He run. He really, truly runs their entire tasting room setup, which was giant and really, really nice. And we got to see giant tanks of booze, and I got to sample so much stuff. Holy crap. It was great. <laughs> so you walk stumbling out of Just there, Just sample after sample after sample. He would bring over like five little glasses and go, Steve, taste these. And I'd just go through them. <laughs> you go, yeah, I'll taste them. Go get you five more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anna's checking her watch. She's like, oh, oh no, she was having a good time, too. <laughs> um, so I needed a DD for that. And the other reason I needed a DD, and this is spectacular, is Seattle has legalized recreational marijuana. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and holy crap, it's amazing. It is amazing. Creeping like a communist. It's knocking at our doors. Turning all our children into hooligans and whores. Voraciously devouring the way things are today. Savagely deflowering the good old USA. Reefer madness. Reefer madness. And so you can actually say in the podcast that you smoke marijuana because it's legal there. It is. It's legal in Seattle. As long as you have a driver's license that shows you are over 21 years of age, you can walk into one of 
there must have been 30, 40 shops in the greater Seattle area uh, and buy weed. It's crazy. Pre-rolled joints and edibles and all sorts of things that it was just spectacular. And knowing how sort of ridiculous the medicinal system is here in California and how easy it is to really cheat the system. I think that every place should go to, to recreational legalization. Yeah, I don't see why not. Because you can work the system here in California and get weed, but it's so ridiculous. It's a farce that they put up to make people think that it's legit, and it's not. Well, if I wasn't horribly allergic to pot, then I would be really excited about that. But. Right. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. I can't do anything about that. Yeah, for listeners who don't know, I actually go into an anaphylactic shock if I try to use marijuana. So I don't do that. I can't. Yeah. It's too bad. Um, but it was it was just really cool to like at one point I met up with a buddy and we wanted to go to one of our old favorite, like just viewing points. There are so many beautiful views of Seattle. Um, and I had brought uh, a joint from one of these places with me to just sit and enjoy the view. Uh, and I lost it at some point and, oh, I, no. and I was freaking out and going, God, son of a gun. I lost it. And then Jeff was like, Oh, let's just go down to the hill to the store and pick up another one. And I went, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't it's a, a weird big feeling. Deal. I didn't have to arrange a seedy arrangement with an illegal drug dealer. I just feel like it was, it was or nice. Or like be checking around your shoulder to make sure no one's watching. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Now, mind you, it's, you can't, just like with booze, you can't drink out in public. You can't drive stoned. Right. You know, you can't go and smoke a joint in a giant in a public place. You have to be on a private residence or a place, a public residence that specifically allows it, you know. It, it, it like has reg- exactly, and if you treat it like that, people will treat it like that. Yeah, was that Gasworks you went to? Um, we actually didn't go to Gasworks. We've got a couple um, lesser known parks on Queen Anne Hill that we always really enjoyed: Marshall Park and then um, Cary Park. Maybe um, every beautiful skyline view that you have seen of a picture of of Seattle is from Cary Park. Gotcha. Every postcard is shot from Cary Park, where you see the needle and everything. Exactly. Precisely. Needle in the needle in the in the front and then the, the skyline in the back. That, that <laughs> like your, a mullet. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and real quick for listeners out there, I got to visit uh, Stephen when he lived in Seattle several times. And one of the times I got to go to the science fiction museum, which is there, which is awesome. It and is a lot of fun. It is lots of Star Trek memorabilia, Star Wars, like all the different uh, sci fi things you could think of from the films and TV shows. And it's really worth a visit if you're up in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just really fun reliving all those early memories and doing dumb stuff. When we went to one of our favorite late night places and our old bartender still is there. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> yeah. So we got to see Hank and buy drinks from Hank. That was just fun. What about the video store you used to work at? Oh, Blockbuster. So oh, back, was it a blockbuster? I thought you worked at an independent one for no, a while. No, it was blockbuster. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Um, and it, I guess the best way to put it is ashes to ashes. So the building that my blockbuster was in used to be a bank that went under. And so they built a blockbuster, but the, the safe was still there. There was a whole corner of the store that was walled off and there was a safe in there. Crazy. A huge bank safe. Um, and... Now it's a bank again. <laughs> and they use that vault and that safe again. I would imagine it's so expensive to move the heavy ass vault. They just left it there. Oh, yeah, then. exactly. It's cheaper to just wall it up. And now they can use it again. Yeah. So ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Back to a bank. 
So what have you been up to? I had a giant trip and stuff, but but what have you well, been doing? Much the end of your trip after that? Yeah, I mean the drive back was pretty uneventful. We decided to do it in one big. We we didn't stop anywhere. We did fifteen hours straight on the way back. Oh wow! And that was that was okay. It was nice to sleep in my own bed that night. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, leaving at five a.m. and not getting home until eight is a little bit rough. Well, uh, my two weeks have been very eventful, okay. I should say, or three weeks, I guess it's been. Um, I know we're going to talk about this a little later, but uh, there's a big part of the last three weeks living in here in Orlando, Florida, where I'm, I live and where Steven grew up with me, basically. Uh, we did have a massive shooting here uh, yep. a few weeks ago, and it was pretty terrible. And I had several friends of friends who were there. Um, I had one person who's a friend of ours from high school who was there and who's okay, um, luckily. And it's just a terrible, terrible thing. And of course, at the same time, uh, while this was happening, um, I was also breaking up with my girlfriend in, the, in that process of that happening. Um, so not, not the best few weeks for me, um, but everything's cool with me now. It's good. Uh, things are hopefully getting better in our world. Hopefully we'll create legislation. Hopefully something will happen. I'm doubtful, but hey. Well, what do we do? We distract ourselves with uh, pop culture and video games and the things that we talk about in this podcast. Movies that's right. and we we are your distraction from that world. We hope we can be. So that's why we're not going to really focus on that too much. I don't think, unless there's more that you had to say well, about here, it. Let's break into it. I wanted to talk a little bit sure. about it, and now seems as good time as any. Instead of bringing it up again later, yeah. <laughs> um, what the fuck? I know. Um, it 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 hurts me that we have elected officials that are willing to let us hurt each other and do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been toted as a terrorist act, as a hate crime. Um, but to be honest, I don't give a fuck what you call it. Almost uh, 49 people are dead and 53 people are injured and will carry those scars for the rest of their lives. And there's something wrong with that. So my little tout here is going to be about gun control. Um, right. I'm not telling you to give up your guns. I understand there are hunters and recreationalists all through the U.S. who own guns. There are people that want them for the protection of their home in case someone breaks in. I get that. But an AR-15 was used. Um, Now, to educate our listeners, AR does not stand for assault rifle, as many people have gotten wrong. It's an assault style rifle, but assault rifle implies that it's full automatic, which it was not. Um, and those actually are illegal, right? They are for, for civilian ownership. Yes. Um, and that, that's what all these gun, uh, pro gun people have been, have been harping on. It's not full automatic. It's, you know, it's made for recreation. Um, but here's just a fact. Um, the AR 15 is, is rated to shoot 45 rounds a minute. 49 people died in, even with a reload. Uh, it, it you could kill that many people in a minute and 30 seconds. And I just want everyone out there to think about what you can do in a minute and 30 seconds. In the time it takes for you to go to the bathroom, get up and wash your hands thoroughly, 49 people could die. Mm-hmm. I can't make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and put the shit away in less than a minute and 30 seconds. That is the problem. We're not talking about a six shooter that you go out and shoot cans with. We're not talking about the rifle you go out to shoot a deer. We're talking about something that was made to kill massive amounts of people in a very short amount of time. 
And any hunter will say, and they, they say it all the time, that if you're a real hunter, you don't need an AR-15 to hunt. No. It doesn't, and you don't need expanded magazines to hunt. You just need a good aim and patience. And yeah, I mean, I don't understand hunting as it is. I don't need to hunt. I don't want to hunt. Um, we're in a first world country. There's no reason we need to shoot animals for any reason. Um, so, I mean, if you're in a third world country and you kill an animal to eat it because you need to, then sure. But we kind of move past that now. And yeah. there's... Go shoot at targets. You don't need to shoot at animals anyways. But there's, that's just my the, high horse I'll get off of. But there, there's no reason for civilians to own those weapons. And I'm sure someone will come back at me and, and yell and tote their rights and their inalienable rights. But how about the inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Those people are dead. Their liberties were stricken. And there is so much sorrow for them. So, so, so fuck your right. Yeah. To own something that can kill that many people in that short of amount of time. And also the thing that they say constantly is that, well, hey, doing expanded background checks or mental evaluations before you can buy a gun won't solve all of these crimes. So we shouldn't do anything. It's like that doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah. yeah, of course, like if we outlawed expanded magazines tomorrow, there will still be a ton of them that are legally purchased before that law takes place so people will still have them in the next 50 years we'll still have people using those to randomly kill people and we can't stop that but it's still a step in the right direction so just because you can't solve it all in one time doesn't mean you shouldn't do something Um, so i don't get it so so congress get get off your asses and what's ironic is we have so many uh listeners in the uk and I'm so jealous of the system they have in place there. I don't know the full extent of their system because, you know, apparently they can have guns on some certain occasions. You can have them for um, collection purposes or sometimes on a farm. You're allowed to have a gun in the UK. Mm. Maybe some of our listeners can inform us. But for the most part, nobody has any guns. So there aren't any mass shootings like unless you bring them from another country illegally, which means you have connections that go beyond the random psychopath, you know, Mm. anyways. (laughs) One of the more serious yeah. talks we've had in the show. Truly. Um, and to, to say a little bit more, and I know I've said a lot. Um, no, it's fine. Uh, the saddest part to me is that the man who did the shooting, um, he had been seen at that at Pulse before. He had tried to pick up men or had possibly successfully picked up men before, uh, had a wife, kid. Um, and there was something inside of himself that he hated so much that he had to take it out on other people. And it makes me sad that we live in a society where someone cannot be openly gay. Right. They can't I mean, be who they are. And you can't blame that partially on religion if he was as religious as he seems to be now. Right. That's, I mean, Christians the same way. There's a lot of Christian guilt about being gay. Same thing with, you know, Islamic guilt about feeling gay. So um, it's... I mean, luckily, we've made big strides, obviously, in the last even 20 years in that arena. But religion still holds back a lot of people just going to say extremist religions on both sides, Christian, whatever you are, you know. Um, But and obviously not all for you are bad or anything. I'm just saying that it it does cause a lot of problems. And again, extreme versions of religion always cause problems. I think even Christian or, you know, Muslim people can agree with that. And the extreme version is bad. Yeah. But. Religion has nothing to do with these mass shootings most of the time. Most of the time, it's just a deranged 22-year-old who gets a hold of an expanded magazine and kills 20 people, 30 people, not right. 50 people. So, he's also that same age group where he could have had a psychotic break. Um, he was in his late 20s, and that's still the late range of when most of these men have these psychotic breaks. And if you, luckily, if you live past your 30s, you're typically not going to 
suddenly become schizophrenic. Um, but so that's the problem. And most of these people don't have any background. He was the first person to actually have a background where he's been investigated by the FBI a few times. Hmm. But before this, all these killers like Newtown and even before that, the, the shooting in the theater, um, these were guys who had no previous um, criminal record. They had, they didn't even, one of them didn't even buy a gun. He just took his mom's guns and went and shoot, shot up a school. So, I mean, there's no one easy solution, but just because no one solution will fix all of them doesn't mean you should try some of those solutions. Like, right. why not? Yeah. My heart goes out to everybody in Orlando. If we have any listeners in Orlando, everyone knows someone that was affected. Orlando's a big city, but it's not that big of a city. Right. Like, especially if you're, I mean, I'm very much involved in the performing community and um, I was involved in the burlesque community for a long time. And so I know so many people who go to Pulse all the time. Gay, straight, doesn't matter. It's like just a place to hang out. Wait, have wait, fun, wait. Are you telling me there's a lot of gay people in theater? Hold on. <laughs> no. Hold on. What the fuck? And oh. Steve and I have been theater our whole lives. So we, <laughs> we, but no, it's just, yeah. So I know so many people that are, go there all the time. And I mean, I hate to say this, but the fact that I'm a little bit older now, so I don't go, me and my friends groups don't go to clubs as much anymore. Also, the fact that it was Latino night and, you know, not a lot of my friends are Latino just happens to be that way. That means I didn't know many people who were there that night, but on any other given night, I could have known a lot more people who have been there. So it's just, it's so close to home that it kind of just freaked me the hell out. And it's just so upsetting that like a lot of our British listeners, I wish I would live out there where I don't feel suddenly scared to walk outside now in my my own country in my estate, you know, in my own neighborhood. And it literally was about a few miles away from where I'm recording this right now is where it happened. So pretty freaky and pretty scary. And now I'm kind of like always looking over my shoulder when I'm going to the parking lot, you know, and whenever I hear a loud noise coming from, there's a club right across the street from my office in the studio. And I'm always like looking out for something happening there now. So it's just, it's uh it's really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. All right. Well, good talk. Let's yeah. move, let's move away from that. But I'm glad we promise the rest of the episode will be a little cheerier. Uh, just a smidge, a smidge cheerier. I'm not going to promise this, too much. We usually at the top of the show talk about things you know that have happened to us since the last episode. So it had to be talked about because that really is something that's affected us both. I would I'd imagine so. It had to be said. Yeah. But good things have happened as well. Uh, since being single again, I have a lot more time to go back to getting my mind off things in the gym, which is good. So working out a lot. And as a nerd who doesn't get off his butt very much from watching Netflix or playing video games, uh, it's, it's tough and I'm now hurting all over and it's hard to walk. (laughs) And I walk like I've been riding a horse for, you know, two months and it's, (laughs) it's not good. So yeah, that's where I'm at now, but also playing a lot of overwatch. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk overwatch. Cause I've been, I wish we could play together and I hate that there's no cross platform. Not yet. Yeah. So Overwatch, we talked about it in the past episode, but it's a real fun, kind of funny first-person shooter game um, that is out for all the systems, but you can't play with each other unless you're on the same system, which is really annoying. Yes. So you have it for PS4, don't I you? I do, because they didn't offer it for Mac, which I'll, I think I've maybe I said this. I feel really betrayed, Blizzard, that you screwed me over and didn't release it for Mac. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Blizzard, Blizzard always did that for right, both. Blizzard has always been the one bastion of gaming where I can say, yeah, they treat me equally as a Mac user, and they just didn't this time, and that bums me out. Do they have plans to release it for Mac? Who knows? You know, there's probably plans for cross-platforming. Everyone eventually, normally, they eventually get there. Um, but yeah, no time soon, I would say. Dang, that sucks. Sorry, well, man. It's typically, <laughs> well, no, it's typically when game popularity starts dipping and they need to combine the communities to keep 
people playing is typically when they'll push for that. So we're not there anywhere near that yet. Yeah, it's hugely popular. But yeah, I love, I think Jeremy and I briefly talked about this online, but uh, I love Overwatch because just like always, Blizzard took something that many, many companies have tried to do and did it right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are four main subclasses that each play a, a pivotal role in your success, but within each of those subclasses, there are four characters you can play. Yeah, I think we talked. We have to be careful because I think we did talk about some of the same stuff on the last episode. Oh, they'll get over it if they're still listening. They're not going to hang up now. Um, hang up <laughs> like we're a phone call. <laughs> um, and even little things like the, there's no uh, you have unlimited ammo. It's just a little thing that makes it so much easier. You don't have to think right. about that. You don't have to think about it. And I think it's also, I don't know, for us older gamers now, we can start saying that. I don't know. It's just, it's some reason it's just a simpler game to me. It's straightforward. You get right into it. There's not a whole lot to think about. It's not too fast paced where I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Like with Call of Duty or something where I'm like, ah, I'm already dead. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> You have one weapon mm-hmm. and a few specials, not all of which are available all the time. And it, and I can handle that. Yeah. And you got your role to play. So you're not thinking about everything at once. You're not all about just killing everybody. Sometimes it's about, you know, you're a healer. So you have to just heal your team. Sometimes you're a guy who just has to have hold a shield up and take all the damage. And so you have a role to play. It's not all about just getting the most kills. Sometimes you're playing Bastion. who He's probably my overall favorite thus far. <laughs> uh, and you turn into a turret and your job isn't to go on the offense. Your job is to cover a door. Yeah. <laughs> and to make sure that nobody makes it through that door. And if you do that, you have done your job. Or one guy who is on roller skates and he rolls around and he, as long as he's, you're near people, you're healing them or making them run faster. You can decide which one you want to do. Yeah. And that's it. And he, it's just fun. He's probably my <laughs> least favorite healer, though. Oh, I like playing him on, on the attack because he actually does decent damage and he can go really fast. So. Oh, I love uh, Zenyatta. Love Zenyatta. Little floating guy. Yeah, well, because his evil eye ability that does that puts a damage increase mm-hmm. makes your your normally crappy weapon awesome. The Discord orb. Yeah. <laughs> um nah, so it's got a little bit of something for everybody. It matches everyone's playstyle. If you haven't checked it out, I would recommend checking it out. And I'm going to try to start streaming it soon Ooh. and probably with cole who if you watch any of our twitch streams out there we have uh, every monday we have the hostage situation twitch stream for a play on nerds and they've been playing uh, dark souls 3 but cole plays a lot of overwatch and he's like level 50 something now already <laughs> oh, crap. Um, yeah so he'll be on skype with me and on my team and help me out but also like you know making fun of the other team like you know like you do in video games somebody <laughs> somebody like two weeks ago somebody already hit 100 Oh, I'm sure I've seen a couple of 95s and stuff. 18 hour days for the first like four weeks it was out. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's too much. Yes, that is too much. That's accurate. (laughs) Wow. Um, All right. So let's move on to some nerdy news. Let's do it. All right. It's time for nerdy news. All right. Uh, so this week, I'm going to go ahead and bring a story that I have, as always, cleverly named Yugu. That's Y O U G O O. Yugu. Okay. Um, so in a small town in southwest Ottawa, uh, up in up in Canada, 
Um, <laughs> there is a company that is touting itself as the first green cremation company. So what they do, this is so messed up. This is awesome. <laughs> they take your body and they put it in essentially in a pressure cooker and Ew. they flush it with alkaline solution. So extreme base solution. Okay. In two hours, everything but your bones is dissolved into a goo. And then they and they flush you down into the sewer system with poop. Jeez. How unceremonious <laughs> and unpleasant. But, but then they take your bones, they dry them, they powder them, and then that's what they give back to your family. Wow. So they just powder your bones. Uh, they've done about 200 of these since May of 2015. Um and the gov- local governments are watching them like hawks because they're afraid that pumping all this solution into uh, the sewage system is going to mess it up. Uh, and they haven't found anything to be concerned about yet. So this could be the wave of the future for cremations. That's pretty disgusting. It's pretty good. Now that I hear it, that's how I want to do it. <laughs> I guess we have so many bodies, more bodies than ever before, that we will need to eventually start figuring out ways to do it economically yeah if i don't have to become a carbon emission i'll do that yeah i would say use my body to fuel things or something you know like i could contribute to society you could donate it to science yeah i guess so and fuel really shitty student autopsies in mexico city or something that's right (laughs) god uh so what story do you bring to us well, I had to search around, as as you know, Steve, because yes. I was not as prepared as usual for this show. That's why we're kind of just riffing it here and having a good time. Oh, we're doing whatever we want. This is a good time. But I did watch this video earlier on Nerdist, and I thought of it at the last minute, and I wanted to talk about it because it's pretty ridiculous. Um, so there's, you know, there's the the universe of the MCU attached movies. They're all one universe, and the TV shows, and then you have. Um, the DCU this is building up with all these characters in the same universe. They're doing the same thing kind of with Transformers is now kind of bring apparently going to be bringing other Hasbro things into it to make <laughs> to make like a awesome. more of a, it's going to be awful. Um, I can't but wait. Apparently now <laughs> I've heard a little bit about this, but I was confirmed that Universal is making their own shared universe for the monster movies, the classic monster movies. Okay. So you have your mummy, you have Frankenstein, you have Dracula and you have the Wolfman. And there's uh, also the aqua creature of some sort. Oh, like the creature from the Black Lagoon or something? Something, something like that, yeah. And then uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as well, apparently. And there's some rumored names in this list that have leaked out of who's going to be playing who. Now, the first one is actually, for sure, is actually happening, which is a very weird sounding movie. Um, did you watch The Kingsman? Yeah. Remember the actress who had the... Um, the prosthetic legs. Yeah, I vaguely remember her. I'm still not sure if that actress actually does have prosthetic legs or not, but either way, she's playing the mummy and Tom Cruise is playing the guy who seeks out the mummy and fights it. Um, and it's going to be set in modern times. Yeah, and like Iraq or something? Is he's that- like a Navy SEAL or something, or I don't know, some kind of Green Beret or something. It's really weird. So I don't know what that's going to be all about. And then the other rumored is Dr. Jekyll, or Mr. Hyde, is to be played by Russell Crowe. Okay. These are rumors. Sure. Johnny Depp is playing the Invisible Man. I forgot about that one. What's the fucking point? <laughs> well, exactly. We want, we don't want to see his face. I don't know. And then the Bride of Frankenstein. I don't think they have a Frankenstein quite yet. Oh no, Frankenstein. They were thinking of um, the Rock. And uh. then <laughs> Angelina Jolie as the Bride of Frankenstein. 
Can we just be done with her? <laughs> she hasn't done much in a while. I'm ready actually. to be done with her, just in general. Oh no, the Rock wasn't going to be Frankenstein. He's be the Wolf Man. That's what the idea was. All right, I can get a little bit more behind that. Right. But eventually, I guess they all are somehow going to team up in like a team up monster movie. I don't know how the hell this is going to work at all. Hey, there have been, you know, I think of movies. Have you seen Monster Squad? Is that one from the 80s? Yeah. Or early. Yeah. It must be late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. On the Positively um, Nerdy podcast, uh, Ryan Porter talks about that movie. He really loves it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know what? I just rewatched the other day because it's it was on HBO now. Van Helsing. Which features a lot of those characters you just it mentioned. It sure does. That's with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, right? Hugh Jackman, yeah. I like that movie. It wasn't bad. Kate Beckinsale's real hot in it. She's hot in everything, so. God bless her. <laughs> and the accent. And those pants. <laughs> She's always wearing leather pants in every movie. Always. And it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that's that's happening. It could be either as Jessica Chobot says in the video from Nerdist, she was saying how it's either going to be awful, surprisingly wonderful or both <laughs> to see all these movies come out. I hope that they're campy and they don't take themselves too seriously because, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really what Monster Squad did well. It didn't take itself too, too seriously. If they approach it from that angle, I think they'll be fine. Hell, yeah. they could do a remake of Monster Squad. True. Pretty a lot of like you know hot young talent in it, young Hollywood, and it'd be great. Yeah, we'll see. Right now they got a bunch of washed up actors playing the parts, though. That's true. Um, so let's talk about some. So I just have like a list of stuff. <laughs> Go for it. So we have a, a nerd death to mourn. Mm. Uh, Anton Yel- Yelchin, I think is how yes. you say his name. Anton Yelchin uh, of Star Trek, most recently Star Trek fame. A great young actor who I really liked and was really looking forward to the rest of his career. I know. He was charming and funny and intelligent and just a good actor. He could play serious roles. He had a good sense of comedy about him. Uh, my favorite movie of his, which is even more tragic now because the other star, starring character was Robin Williams, uh, is the, the House of D. Oh, I haven't seen that. He plays just a young kid growing up in, in New York, I think in the 60s or 70s. And Robin Williams is a... A mentally impaired man that is his friend and it's sort of about him growing up and Robin Williams character realizing that he'll never grow up and it's sort of a coming of age story it's really good I I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it the house of D another movie I recommend from him is odd Thomas which is absolutely crazy and fun it's a kind of comedic horror but uh, oddball horror. Yeah. Basically, I'll describe it as in a California desert town, a short order cook with a clairvoyant ability encounters a mysterious man with a link to dark, threatening forces. And it just goes off the handle and it's very weird. And he's he's great in it. Um, So what's amazing to me is it's just a weird celebrity death. Right. Uh, He was found pegged between his Jeep and a mailbox. Or his front gate somewhere by his front gate. Um by his Jeep um, because the Jeep model he has has a goofy shifting system. Right. And you you can't tell if you're in neutral very easily. And it's been removed from all of their cars since the like two models that came out with it. It was like recalled, right? Um, Maybe now that this has happened. Yeah. Um, But uh, Consumer Reports did an entire report on how they love this vehicle, but they hate the shifting system. And this was months ago. 
and they actually downgraded the vehicle's rating because of the shifting system. Jeez. Um, yeah, basically, it's kind of like what they think happened is just he got surprised and just kind of pinned him against the mailbox and he slowly died or hopefully didn't slowly die. But it's what it seems like. Oh, it was probably slow. Like, that's the worst part. I'm thinking about, like, a car just lurching forward at that five mile per hour speed. Enough weight to peg him, but not enough to kill him. Yeah. That's right. terrible. Maybe, like, suffocate or something. But yeah. I don't want to think about it. It's horrible. Yeah. So, Anton Yelchin, we're sorry. We're sorry you're not going to be in any more Star Trek films. Hopefully, they don't do something lame and kill your character off off camera or something. I hope not. I also was in Fright Night, the remake of Fright Night. That was really good. Um. Yeah, he was in the Terminator Salvation the one with Christian right. Bale. He was all over the place. He was a great young talent, and I'm sorry that we're not going to get to see the rest of your career unfold. Indeed. Uh, let's talk about Brexit. Yeah, so uh, I wish we had one of our UK listeners on to, to comment on this. Uh, and I, we have some UK listeners. That's awesome. But I didn't know it was happening until it happened, basically. So I, I feel bad. There wasn't so yeah, Great Britain, by not that big of a margin, voted to leave the European Union. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been major fallout. A um, few major political figures have have resigned. Uh, the the pound took a nosedive. A couple markets somewhat crashed, more or less. Um, and now there's this big public outcry that people feel like they were tricked into voting for it. Yeah, and like people didn't know what they were actually voting for, and they after they voted, they now are looking up like, what does it mean if we leave the European Union? Right. <laughs> like, All those great agreements and trade agreements and stuff are gone for you guys now. And uh, David Cameron, the prime minister, is stepping down. Yeah. Like, this is huge. <laughs> and, they're, and they're likely we're talking about um, the separation of Ireland and Scotland, likely within the next six months. That's um, kind of crazy. Yeah. You you guys fucked up. Well, and plus, I mean, I'm I, I, not surprised I didn't know about this coming, this big vote, because we have all this, not only the shootings and stuff, but also all we see in our news in, in the U.S. these days is Donald Trump, this Donald, and Hillary Clinton, that. So, And mo- most British news we see is about soccer hooligans. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, football hooligans. My apologies to our, to our uh, U.K. listeners. I'm sure it's all Manchester or West Ham's fault or... Whatever, sports ball, sports ball. Yeah, those ruggers. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> that sounds like a thing. Carpetbaggers? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happened. And yeah. it's crazy that we're going to see basically uh, uh, the biggest geography change on a map since, like, the fall of the USSR. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And it could be all because they didn't know what they were voting for. Yeah, tons of people are outcrying that they feel like they didn't understand the, the actual repercussions of leaving the European Union. Uninformed, uninformed voting for the win. Yay. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Europe, our UK listeners, let us know what your guys' thoughts are. We, we genuinely don't know except for what we're seeing on our television. So. Yeah, and we hope it all turns out okay for you guys. Yeah. Jeez. And then, and then the other thing I've got is I, I've seen a ton of movies like in the last three weeks. Just I've seen a, a few just myself. A ton. Um, so let's start with one that, that you, that we wanted to do a review of earlier on, but I just didn't have time to see it at the time. Uh, Captain American Civil, Civil War. All right. You finally saw that. Finally saw that. <laughs> um, I feel like this was what the second Avengers film should have been. Right. Uh, Ultron was, I, 
I could take it or leave it. It's like it didn't even happen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought the character work was great. The tension in the movie was great. It had action, but it wasn't all action. Um, getting to see like Paul Rudd be ant, be like smarmy Ant-Man was just fun to watch. One of the funniest things, I think, uh, and not really a spoiler or anything, but most of you probably have already seen this anyways, but uh, Spider-Man movie was great, of course. he I think he was a great addition to it. Very funny. The lines weren't too cheesy. Right. But he had more lines in Captain America Civil War than Superman had in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. That sounds right. How pathetic is that? <laughs> That's how bad Batman vs. Superman uh, apparently Batman Superman was. Batman vs. Superman was really bad. I didn't hate Batman vs. Superman, but I see the valid points everyone makes about the bad things about it so i get it for me it felt like the first hour and 40 minutes of the movie just didn't count yeah exactly and they kind of threw in the end oh now we're all gonna team up quickly okay uh what yeah now now we're gonna fight for some tenuous reason and then we're gonna team up even as quickly as we decided to fight each other (laughs) exactly martha did you why do you say martha (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, I derailed you off of Captain America uh, Civil Captain War. Captain America Civil War, I highly recommend it. I know it's a little late, but I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and a good addition to the series. There is one complaint that um, I listen to too many podcasts, but one is uh, the Sincast, which the guys who do the movie Sins, um, or Cinema Sins, rather, on yeah. YouTube have a podcast now. And they were saying about how all the Marvel movies kind of all feel the same, which I get. They like don't have any unique vision or direction for each one they all kind of feel like they're all directed by the same people and have the same cinematographer same color schemes same you know genres and everything so the only thing that's different is like the netflix shows like they're darker and more you know gritty but not that i want dark and gritty marvel movies but it'd be kind of cool if each movie had a different feel and then when they came together it'd be even kind of more cool because it had a different feel each time you know yeah I, mean? I i disagree with that um, maybe that could be said of the Avengers movies, um, but, you know, Ant-Man didn't feel like any of the other Marvel movies. That's true. A Guardians more of the Galaxy didn't feel like, didn't have that same mood of any of the other You know what? Movies. That's a valid point. Valid point. You so, can, that, I, that's a valid point if you're picking and choosing what movies you count. Right. So the non, and yeah, I guess the non-Earthbound movies feel a little bit different. Right. So. Um. So yeah, Captain America, check it out, I guess. If you haven't, um, I recommend it. If you were waiting for my recommend, what the the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Now, did you see X-Men Apocalypse? I did. Oh, I didn't even put that on my list. Yes, I I did. I did as well. Uh, What'd you feel about that one? I like that. So the, the big problem with me is Magneto's story felt really over the top and really predictable. As far as, like, he's been in hiding, and then he accidentally reveals himself, and then both of his wife and daughter die from an arrow? Really? <laughs> an accidentally an shot arrow. An accidentally shot arrow went through one of them and killed the other? Really? <laughs> um, okay, sure. Why not? See, what they I'm- didn't say is that the, the lead cop there, who accidentally kills his kid with the arrow, he controls wood with his mind. That's right. <laughs> I, that I could have gotten on board with. There you go. Um... So that just felt tenuous, but still they had to get Magneto to that mental space somehow, and that's how they decided to do it. Fine. Whatever. A little contrived, but yeah. I, I like the characters. Quicksilver, of course, stole the show again. It was an even bigger slow motion scene. That slow motion scene is so good. 
I knew that they were going to have to top the one in the first one, but that it was so much better than I could have expected. I, I loved all the character development. The the villains, I feel like, needed more rounding out. As usual. Uh, Angel and Archangel and, uh, God. Oh, uh, Psylocke. Psylocke. Um, and Storm needed some rounding. They kind of gave her that with, like, she Id- idolizes Mystique. And then when Mystique turns around against Apocalypse, she decides, like, I, they kind of did that, but I, I, it could have been clearer or better. I know it's oversaid, but it's just so kind of annoying that they are making Mystique's role so huge just because it's Jennifer Lawrence. And, like, first of all, Mystique, even in the original movies, is not not much of a leader or something. She's just a henchman of Magneto, you know? And they turn her into this giant character who leads the mutants and and some people have said that you know Jennifer Lawrence kind of slept walked through this movie and I kind of agree didn't seem like she was that really into it meanwhile like Michael Fassbender's giving his all for these scenes you know and crying and really trying and she's like I don't want to be a leader I'm just I'm just a mutant doing the right thing or whatever I was just yeah. like I don't I don't believe it I don't care but I don't know I could take or leave her character um and then the ending with with Jean Grey was a little phoned in <laughs> Like, I get it. They're leading leading up to the Phoenix Saga. And it looks like they're going to attempt to do it correctly this time. I wish they would have just rebooted everything, because nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I mean, the timelines are all screwed up now. (laughs) Um, But my hope is that they do a Dark Phoenix, they do it justice. Um, But otherwise, I really enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining. It wasn't all about the powers, but you got to see everyone show off. I liked it overall. And I, I like uh, Oscar Isaacs. I mean, like, you don't really see him much. He's more oh, the guy from the Power yeah. Rangers. He was okay. Yeah. Good uh, Wolverine cameo. Good Wolverine cameo. Um, they were, they're were they very self-aware. Like, they did that whole line about how the third movie always sucks the most. Yeah. As the kids were walking out of the movie theater. Like, that, just little things like that. And this was the third movie in the rebooted series. That's right. <laughs> Uh, other movies, uh, Warcraft, I saw. How As a huge Warcraft player, what did you think? It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I'd I thought say that's it, a good I thought it was going to be pretty bad. Uh, I thought they did a good job handling the lore um, and making it sort of the idea that, you know, the fell magic was just one of many threats to this realm uh, and the internal turmoil. And it's all not all about orcs versus humans that there's more structure going on and more conflict going on uh, which has always been what what Warcraft has been about right it's factions within factions and you know they didn't do a nice clean ending where the good guy killed the bad guy you know the king had to die the you know the orc woman that that did it is now in a position of power the bad guy didn't die but now his people have turned on him somewhat you know I like that they didn't go for the nice, clean ending. Well, they're hoping for a sequel, obviously, or a series of movies, but I hope they get it so it actually can take off. That's true. The only thing for me is like, yeah, I didn't mind the story. The acting was good. The It felt like they're pushing a lot of lore and story into one little movie. That kind of was a little confusing at times. And I was like, Who's, whose tribe is what? And I don't understand what's or right. clan. I'm, but then uh, just the CGI distracted me because it was. I thought it was still pretty bad. Like, it was we have so much better CGI nowadays that it just seemed very cartoony, but maybe they're okay with that because it kind of resembles the game more. I don't know. It just See, felt- I, I, I appreciated because here's what they said that they were going to do, and it looks like they stayed true to that, is that they weren't going to do 
CGI touch up in the way they do with other movies in that, you know, it's all it was a lot of motion capture. Mm -hmm. Um, But then afterwards, editors can go through and say, oh, I don't like the face he made there. So let's change it. I don't like the way she moved her arms. Let's change that. And they can do that. And the director of the film said they they weren't going to do that. But just the textures and stuff didn't look real. It looked like they're on a computer screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he got in the Griffin one couple of times, it like it obviously wasn't really quite on the Griffin. It was seemed like it was just poorly done CGI. See, for me, it, it, I'll agree with you on that. I, I feel like the humans interaction with the orcs weren't bad, but any other CGI, like the Griffins were a little bit rough and um, the uh, Infernal. Oh, I remember seeing an Infernal. I mean, the, that's the golem that Medivh, oh, right, and then it right, gets right. infected with fell energy. That's that was my assumption. That's what that they were right. trying to go for is that that was an Infernal. It, you know, there, his interaction with that looked really awful for the most part. Um, but I didn't have a problem with the human and uh, and orc interactions. My favorite part was or part favorite thing of the movie is probably Lothar. I think he was just. Uh the best actor or doing the best acting in the movie. Yeah. I, don't know. I thought he was, a, he was a good lead. I thought the green chick was probably the worst. I yeah. Think she, was, that, she was in that weird in between space and it didn't work, but she was just kind of over the top with her acting and just, I don't know, felt like she was on a TV show and not in a you know big budget film, but that was just me. I'm a little sad that we didn't get to see more races. Hmm. You know, you got a little bit of dwarf, a little bit of elf, but not enough to make me feel happy about it. Yeah, probably if they get a sequel, they'll do more than that. Uh, I do like that from a lore perspective that they brought in the Draenei. Yeah, the blue guys in the beginning and the yeah, end. Yeah, the out- Outland and, you know, them capturing Draenei to, to, to fuel the gate. Like, that was, I, I, I appreciated that. That's pretty cool. From a lore point of view. So, you would, re- you would recommend? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. It would take, it takes a very specific kind of person. You have to be into this kind of shit. Right. My dad would not like this film, but some nerd who plays Dungeons and Dragons like us would. Absolutely. But it's not a film that it's going to appeal to everybody. It's just not. Yeah, that's true. Um, that guy from Zero Charisma would love this film. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> film we reviewed on the last episode, folks. That's right. Let's see. What else did I say? I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I didn't get to see that yet. So I was without spoiling anything. How without was spoiling it? anything. Um, they fixed a lot of the problems the first one had. Mm hmm. In that they didn't take it too seriously. They went much more cartoony. It's much more in the vein of the animated series that we all know and love from childhood. It seemed like it from the previews. I was hopeful you know, about that. Bebop and Rocksteady are as ridiculous as you hope they're going to be. <laughs> Krang was what a realistic version of Krang should be. Was there still a brain in some guy's stomach? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. They did not betray that. <laughs> It was. It wasn't great, but it was so much better than the first. Right. The first they, was kind of rough. They they took Megan Fox wasn't in like the whole friggin' film. They upped Will Arnett's presence to give a little bit of comic relief. Um. Yeah. I I, I enjoyed it simply because it was so much better than what the first one was. Yeah, and I didn't hate the first one. It's just it was like very lackluster. Yes, that's accurate. And terrifying monster turtles. Yes. They kind of dimmed them down a bit this time or made them look a little less frightening, I think. Yeah. Um, and then what I just went in and I got up early and went and saw the first showing, an early bird showing yesterday of Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> oh, boy. I saw you posted about that on the um, Facebook page. It was so 
terribly great. <laughs> if we if we really think about it in terms of how good really was the original, was it kind of like on par? No. No, not even. Oh, not even. <laughs> you you could see them trying to draw parallels between this and the original, and every parallel fell short. Oh boy. It, everything was bad. Uh, Judd Hirsch, they t- so he was like a, a really terrible Jewish stereotype in the first film. Right. They took it and amplified it times ten. Oh no. His accent is, like, considerably thicker. At one point, he once again used the phrase, My David. <laughs> well, that's what we did in the first the one. The safest place to be is the My David. <laughs> yeah, but they had the audacity to make him repeat it. <laughs> um, the There's only two deaths in the movie that you're supposed to care about. And one happens way too early for you to care. And the other is for a character you have no emotional connection to. (laughs) But they play it like it's a really dramatic moment. Mm. Um, And honestly, they're going to be happy to to hear this. The guy who stole the show was uh, was his name, Brent Spinner. Spinner? Brent Spiner, yeah. Brent Spiner stole the movie. That's great. I want his career to take off again. He really did. It's data from Star Trek, folks. Data from Star Trek stole the film. (laughs) <laughs> Tru- truly stole the film. That's awesome. He, he's supposed. To, everyone thought he was dead after the first movie, but apparently he's not. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll t- I'll break this to you. He's been in a coma. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there, there's like, there's an African warlord character that y- you could tell someone wrote something really great for, and then his role just got cut down to the point where it didn't make sense anymore. <laughs> um. There's like an, a nerdy accountant guy who's supposed to be your connection to the story. He's supposed to be the everyman, and he ends up just being this comic relief character that just gets really old by the end. Go see it. If you want a great, if you want to eat a thing of popcorn and giggle a little bit, go see it. But don't go see it expecting anything on, on the level of the original Independence Day. Now, going back for all these movies we just talked about. What did we probably say on these for trailer reviews? I think we did trailer reviews of all of these movies. Um, you know, probably Warcraft. I said most of these I said should have taken my money because I had already was planning to go see them. Yeah, I think so. With the exception of maybe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah, that one I might have been take a look or get the we'll couch see. ready or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but almost all these are the ones for me at least were shut up and take my money because I knew I was going to give them my money. And then you did. And then I did. That's accurate. <laughs> Well, I guess that can take us right into, then, our trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here to Play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. (laughs) And our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good. Could be bad. Not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out 
at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks to see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. So today we had some interesting picks for sure. Uh, let's go with the one that maybe is not as, you know, artistic first is uh, Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers <laughs> from Kevin Smith. I'm talking about your entire generation. Generation, why me, I call it. You live on your phones. You have no idea how to function like normal people in the real world. Miss Wickland, this isn't the real world. This is Canada. Oh, it's Lulu and Lemon. Condescending riot girls. Colleen Coalition, I would like to invite you both to my party. A senior party? A senior party? Senior boys only invite sophomore girls to parties for one thing. God knows what else, eh? All you need to handle any situation in life are the warrior one and warrior two positions, girls. Master those, and you will master anyone who gives you sh**. Ew, why did your dad text me like 37 times? Oh my god, he's making us work tonight! Ah! Oh my god! You all think history is so boring. Well, what if I told you, during World War II, there were Nazis. Right here, in Winnipeg, under the self-proclaimed Canadian Führer. So, like, Canadian Hitler. Nine, 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 nine! So much nine, it's almost ten! <laughs> Canadian Nazis were the original landowners of your war. Who's the Broadseas? What is a Broadsea? It's like a foot talk Nazi and it's made of bratwurst. Are you guys tripping on the pot? <laughs> I need both of you to help me solve this quite clear case. <laughs> Sorry. Destroy everything that threatens anyone or anything that you love. That's the yoga way. We can do this. We do tons of stupid stuff with our adults all the time. Now, in Warrior 3, will you get the shit out of these proper bitches, okay? Okay. Warrior 3! <laughs> Sorry, boot that. Sorry, boot that. Sorry, boot that. Reboot that. I'm not even supposed to be here today! We're being attacked by little sausage men with concentrated sauerkraut for blood that look like Adolf Hitler. Damn yoga hosers. Please, don't you move, you yoga hoser! This is so basic. This is beyond basic. Now, Kevin Smith... Uh, maybe if you've heard, if you listen to his podcast and stuff, he, you know, obviously directed clerks long ago in the nineties and mall rats and stuff, but on his podcast before he basically wrote a whole movie through the podcast and that was Tusk. And it was a movie about a guy turning into a walrus. It was a horror film 
very weird, somewhat comedic, but strange. Um, and now set in this same universe, he's making his Canadian trilogy, he said, uh, is Yoga Hosers. And it's actually, you see these two characters, it's Kevin Smith's real-life daughter and Johnny Depp's real-life daughter um, playing these store attendants, uh, teenage girls. And you see them briefly in Tusk, and now this is this movie all about them and their life and uh, what's going on with them. And apparently they're being attacked by... Um, Nazi sausages, bratsies, yeah, bratsies that are somewhat related to Nazis that um, came to Canada and during World War Two for the premise of this film. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, like even ridiculous for a Kevin Smith film. Yeah, it's like I think he's just like playing a joke on the audience now. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, um, it. I I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that I look at and say. That's too Canadian to enjoy. Yeah, and he's not even Canadian, so that's the funny part. Um, but this might be it. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I might get, like this might be the movie where I'm just like, nah, it's too too Canadian. I can't do that. <laughs> I've done it with British films before, but never before with a Canadian film. Well, I know we have at least one Canadian listener out there, Sean Vanderloo from The Rusted Robot. So, and Sci-Fi Waffle, you got to tell us: is this movie too Canadian? <laughs> what What do you guys think? Um, <laughs> But it seems like fan service mixed with ridiculousness, and I don't know if it's going to make it or not. I don't think it's make much. Like just like Tusk, it'll have a small cult following, but I can't imagine he spent that much to make this movie. Oh no! I so, mean, a lot of the CGI kind of stuff looks real bad. It's little guys in a green screen, basically. Oh yeah, uh, and it keeps saying it's a it's a movie for kids, but really fucked up kids. That's what it yes, said. So that like, was the tag. So it's not really for kids at all. Um. I'm going to give this one a drunk watch. I said the same thing, <laughs> but I'm not even sure about that. Yeah. It'd like have to be on in the background or something. Yeah. Maybe if I'm playing a game or something. Yeah. Playing some overwatch and then have like this playing on the other screen or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other trailer is uh, a movie called the girl with all the gifts, uh, which I wasn't sure what to think of at first, uh, but it looks like, Looks like a neat zombie film. Rise and shine. Come on up again. Transit. Hey, that's Caldwell. Hello, Melanie. Morning, class. Good morning, Justina. Once upon a time, there was a woman. The most beautiful and amazing woman in all the world. No, you just touched her. Watch. Please don't do that. They're only children. Stop it! One day, she was attacked by a monster. But then a girl came running up and killed it. And the woman said, Melanie! You are my special girl, and I'll never let you go. She saved me, and you're still afraid of her. Yeah, and you should be too. I am producing a vaccine, and she is the main ingredient. What am I? Hope. That's what you are. I just want to live. Everyone wants that. She loves you. The hell is this? The world is falling apart. Yeah! can save people, Melanie. 
different looking got glenn close in there uh i've seen her in a good role in a while yeah uh but it appears to be about uh, an army base that hosts these children um and they sort of leave a very lead a very confined existence and then something happens to that base and suddenly she has to escape with i think with, with her teacher mm-hmm. uh and she is somehow a zombie that can think it seems like all the kids are somewhat thinking until you get them riled up and they turn into a base zombie again or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's zombies that can't think. Right. Uh, and so she is their only hope of surviving these other zombies. And she's wearing this weird mask over her face, most of the trailer, to like, I guess so she can't bite people. Yeah. Uh, but I think it looks interesting. I think it looks like it could be a fresh take on a zombie film. I'm not sure yet. It's got a lot of buzz around it, and it uh, looks well shot, maybe a little more artistic than most of your standard zombie films. Not just a straight-up action movie. Yeah, um, and it's based off a book that I actually, be, after seeing this trailer, downloaded and have started reading. Oh, cool. Let's tell us how it is. Uh, so far, so good. I really like the way that the main character is written. Which is the girl. Yeah. Uh, one weird thing already, though... Is in the trailer, the girl is African-American, mm-hmm. or at least some, some darker colored skin. Uh, and the teacher is a white lady with red hair. Mm-hmm. And in the book, the girl is this pale little white girl, and the teacher is dark skinned. Huh. I wonder why they switched it up. I don't... It's, it's a weird... Already just a weird choice. I guess maybe just who they had to come in for auditions or something. Maybe. Or maybe they, they needed, you know, a really great female child actress and she was the one that came in and wowed them yeah so they, they just switched it up yeah and with kid actors i could definitely see that being the case that's true there aren't that many great ones out there yeah <laughs> but also on that same oh yeah what are you gonna give it though first of all the trailer um i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot and take my money at this point i'm really the character in the book is so well written that i want to see if it translates to the screen so this probably gets a shot up and take my money for me all right, well, for me, since I had not read the book or anything, I'm just going to give it a take a look, see another trailer for it, maybe hear some buzz, and maybe I will. And on that same note, though, I just saw Maggie uh, last night with uh, Patrick, our, our good old Twitch buddy, was in town. Oh, I watched, I watched that. It wasn't bad. It was just very mm-hmm. slow and very prodding, but it was thoughtful, and Schwarzenegger gave a good performance. He he's looking over his Abigail Breslin-played daughter, who's slowly turning into a zombie, um, and it's, it's good. And I like... I really liked the the idea that the zombie virus isn't isn't like immediate. Right. You know, it can take two to six weeks or two to eight weeks to really set in. It changes things up a bit. Um, yeah. And I thought it added a really neat dynamic to the right. movie and gave the characters somewhere to go. Because it wasn't this, oh, she's not my daughter anymore, or that's not my family member anymore that you get in a lot of zombie films. Yeah, it was definitely a different take on it. Right. The, the the transition was slow and therefore his transition into accepting that his daughter was gone was also slow. And I thought that really added to it. Um, and honestly, this might be the most believable dramatic work that Arnold Schwarzenegger has ever done. True. It did help that they didn't give him too many lines. He said a lot of be- meaningful looks to the camera. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, I I, I enjoyed Maggie. Yeah, it was good. So I guess that's it for this episode of Play on Nerd. Sorry we bummed you out a little bit there. Yeah, and right now it's a Sunday night we're recording here, and the season finale of Game of Thrones is just finishing. So now Steve and I are going to have a chance to watch it. And so we're both going to stay off social media until we finish watching it. It's that terrifying. is accurate. I've got to go pick up my wife from work, and then we're going to come home and watch it immediately. Yes, and I'll also I hope you guys had watched our Game of Puppets uh, reviews of our Game of Thrones episodes by Alex, our wonderful contributor there for uh, these YouTube videos. They've been a lot of fun, really silly little videos with um, finger puppets giving recaps of the of the shows. And he does all the voices great of the characters, and he might be doing more involved puppet shows later on, which have more of the characters, because he has a ton of the puppets with like intricate little costumes for each one of the characters. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah. So check those out if you haven't already, but uh, hope you enjoy the finale, and hope you enjoy the show, and we'll be yeah. back at a regular time next time. So thanks again for joining us. As always, we've been your hosts, You've been our listeners. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aplayonnerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at aplayonnerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash aplayonnerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out, youtube.com slash playonnerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.aplayonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dicks or, or tumblr <laughs> tumblrs periscopes uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it carrier pigeons we accept cassette tapes <laughs> i love cassette tapes we just want to hear from you yes please send us anything you like at any social media outlets however you do it check us out and how and how